Welcome to the Chaka Life Podcast. Today, my guest is Lester Herrera, who was born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area known as the East Bay. He is currently living in Madrid, Spain, teaching English and fulfilling his dream to live abroad. So welcome, Lester. Thank you for talking to us today about teaching English in Spain. Well, thank you for having me. So um, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, how you ended up teaching in Spain? Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been asked that a lot. Um, <laughs> so a couple years ago, I was working in nonprofits. I got laid off. And then and then actually before I got laid off, I went to Spain four years ago. So that's actually started when I went to Spain four years ago. And um, I was there for nine days and I fell in love with it. And then I was trying to find opportunities to come back because I, I was realizing that um, for as someone who's been in nonprofits, you know, it can um, it can be... How can I put this? Uh, it can be stre- it can be stressful and risky because job security is not always secure. There's not there's no such thing as job security. I'm realizing now. No, and not anywhere, right? Right. So um, I was like, okay, I got laid off, and I was like, hmm, I think I want to find opportunities to go abroad now because I think this is my calling. And a friend of mine was like, Lester, just go for it. You're you you don't have to worry about too many bills, a family or a mortgage, you might as well just do this. And so for about like a year or two, I was trying to do research, finding opportunities, as well as saving money. Um, and then uh, I decided to just go for it. Even though I felt I didn't have enough money, I was like, let's just go for it. I'm just going to see where it takes me. And wow, it has taken me to a lot of incredible opportunities and I never thought of. Right, right. Amazing how you can just, if you just open yourself up to it, suddenly things appear. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, and you had, so you'd been out of college for a few years then. I've been in the work, I've been working in nonprofits for five years and maybe six, seven years overall in the workforce. And when you were looking for an opportunity abroad, what were the things that you were looking for? That's a good question. I think um, what I was looking for is I think something when it comes to interacting and doing something with languages because um, I'm realizing especially in a country like Spain everyone wants to learn English and you know I was definitely want to know about language learning and learning about different cultures so I did I did some research someone told I actually went to the LA Times travel show in 2011 and I was uh, and it seems that the only way to go abroad for um, if I want to go abroad and work, is really teaching seems to be like the, the hottest job out there, and a lot of people loved it. So I was telling the uh, the tourist office of Spain that was a that was one of the booths at the LA Times Travel Show. I said, you know, I want to teach. You know, are there any opportunities abroad? And they said, yeah, you should definitely do the Auxiliares de Conversación program, where they have a lot of uh, English native speakers from all over the United States, Canada, Australia, and uh, you'll be placed at a school somewhere in Spain. Oh, so that's a government program, sort of, or that, that's correct. Yeah. Um, so there's a big push by the Spanish government to make their kids um, be bilingual because in the past, uh, not um, um, most people from Spain don't know English. Because when I was uh, I, the first culture shock I experienced was when not everyone spoke English, especially especially in Spain. Um, other countries, like probably maybe in France or Germany, um, I could you could get, probably get by with English, but Spain, no. This my Spanish my Spanish was just so essential to get by and to wow. um, even though it's intermediate. And so, what was the process that you had to go through then to get this position? 
Uh, that's a good question. Uh, so the first thing I would I, I, I looked at their website. Uh, the first time I applied for it, I was like number 5,000. So I was on the waiting list forever. And uh, I decided to apply again and again. And um, basically, you just have to apply. You'd have to get um, show documentation that you're um, that you're a U.S. citizen. Uh, you, go, you have to go through a background check, and uh, you need a recommendation from either an employer or a college professor. And um, and then you have to write like a 300-word letter. And then after that, um, you, it's all about the waiting game. Well, so they didn't require you to have any teaching skills per se? No, not necessarily, because we're not necessarily teachers. We're more like uh, English language assistants. Uh, we, I mean, we, we definitely spend time with, uh, with students, but our main job is to really uh, assist teachers with the curriculum, give ideas, and to be more like a cultural ambassador and really um, help them with uh, things, just not just, uh, not just teaching things in the classroom. So yeah, be sort of uh, the the native English speaker expert on culture and and conversation. I would think that's correct. Yeah, and um, yeah, because like there are some th like some of the things that I tell the students, you know, when I discipline them, like some of the teachers are grasping. Oh, that's how you say it. Oh, <laughs> and they repeat they repeat after I after I said whatever I say that they never heard of before. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty funny. But I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Right. So, are they are most of the teachers you work with then uh, from Spain? So, Cor it's correct. Not their native language English isn't their native language. That's correct. Yeah. Um, so each auxiliar would be placed. Um, one or two auxiliars would be placed at a school, whether if it's a an elementary school, a high school, or a vocational school, and or even a language academy. And then uh, they'll, they'll they're they are the ambassador for English for the English language. Did you have any choice on where you would be placed in Spain? Uh, yes, um, I get to choose the the region, but not the city. So I was able to choose the the community or the region I want to be placed in, and then but the uh, government or the the consejería, the Ministry of Education, will decide w where exactly you'll be assigned to. Okay, and is it a contract for say a year or something? Or yes, it's from October first to um, when I to about like late June. That's when school's out for for the kids anyway, like like in the United States. Uh -huh. And then can you renew or? Yeah, she can renew. You you can renew for another year and um, and be on two years. Um, the max on paper is two years, but I've known people. I've heard that there are, have been people that has gone beyond uh, two years by going to another region or by knowing someone. But usually, it's uh, no more than two years. So how do you like it so far? You've been there um, since uh, September. Uh, it's about six months after that. Uh, yeah, um, I've, been in, I've been enjoying it. I mean, I, I've had my ups and downs. I've been learning a lot. And um, I don't know, it seems like, yeah, it's, it's so easy to be, um, there's some things that, um, that could be frustrating at times. But um, I always tell myself, not a lot of people can get the chance to do what you're doing. So I definitely right. try to see a positive side out of it. Well, would you say those frustrations are more from cultural differences or the actual work of, te of teaching? 
Uh, yeah, it can be both. Um, obviously, with the culture side, um, one thing I'm not used to is a lot of things closing on Sunday sometimes, and the uh, um, the two-hour CSs, which I, I actually don't mind, but um, it took a while. I mean, it took me a while to really uh, get used to it. Like I remember, like when I was at, I, I have to leave. I have to leave my place around maybe eight o'clock because I work outside of Madrid. So to get to a job, I start at 9.30. So that can be sort of stressful because I have to get everything organized. Um, and then uh, and then sometimes teaching uh, definitely can, uh, can, can definitely ha has a challenge, especially if I have never uh, dealt with kids. I've never worked with, uh, I've worked with youth um, in you know, nonprofits, but I've never been like an actual full-blown teacher. And what age group are you working with? I'm working with five-year-olds, six-year-olds, and seven-year-olds. So it's a it's a whole new ballpark. Right. <laughs> they want they demand attention, and you have to keep them busy, right? <laughs> yeah, they really want to play with me. They want to be my friends. Yeah, they um, definitely want their the attention for sure. <laughs> So I'm curious, since it's a government program, do they kind of get you there and show you, uh, do a little bit of cultural training or get you established, find you a place to live? How much do they sort of take care of you on this program? Well, um, we have an orientation. The, the, um, the Ministry of Education gives us an orientation about the program, but it's actually the responsibility of the, the director of the school that, I'm, that you're assigned to to help you with housing, to help you with resources um, around. I mean, um, they don't do it for me, but like they were, they gave us like they gave me great suggestions of where to go, wh wh who to see a doctor, where to see a doctor, what markets to go to, um, where to look for a place. You know, that was like my guide. You know, they're like my main guy, my main resource. So you had to go over there pay your own way and then set up your own household basically they didn't help you with any of those things uh, yeah in a way so um, luckily the Facebook groups helped me out tremendously you know there's a lot of Facebook groups of the auxiliares you know you just you just have to post a question hey where's a great place to live or does is anyone working in this area or what are some good activities so anything that you know auxiliaries have a concern with or had questions to, there's always going to be an auxiliar that will always answer. And it's just our own network within each other, which has really helped me tremendously. Oh, that's fantastic. And what would you say, if you had to give advice to someone thinking of doing this, what, what advice would you, you would suggest for them to do? I think um, it's all about uh, doing your research, doing your homework a lot, and definitely asking uh, uh, former auxiliaries, um, you know, what they liked about it, what they didn't like. Um, also, you know, be be prepared to um, go over moments that you're not going to like and learn how to make the best things of uh, make the best out of every situation. Like um, for me, you know, there's a, um, I've always wanted to work in um, uh, Valencia or Barcelona, but. However, the programs cut the program in those areas have been cut due to the 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 crisis going on right now. So I, I was saying to myself, okay, well, let me try Madrid and let's see where it takes me. And yeah, you know, I've been able to meet a lot of cool people here uh, in Madrid, and it's the center of everything. So um, so I've been able to you know be very positive about it. 
And just speaking of the crisis, what's it like then to be in Spain? Is that, does that, do you think that had an effect? Because you visited sort of a while ago and you could see the difference. What effect do you think that has had on the country or the feeling there maybe being there? Or if um, any? Yeah, uh, a couple years, well, see, when I was there a couple years ago, I wasn't even that aware about the crisis because Spain actually at the time won the World Cup. So they were still they were still celebrating like three months after they actually won. Uh, yeah, but um, when I started talking to people in the program, I knew I knew a girl. She was uh, she was in Catalonia, so we were sort of like trading things back and forth. She was telling me that she wasn't paid on time. Oh, that's that's another thing of advice too is that you know um, save as much as you can and get ready for the get ready to um, save up at least maybe three months worth of rent payments if possible, which I know isn't easy, but um, because some, some, some people in the program get paid on time, some don't. It just depends on the school and it depends on the region that you're in. Oh, wow. That's a huge thing. What about, so what's it cost about a month to rent a place? And are you, do you have a roommate or? Yeah, I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a uh, room, I'm in a flat with roommates, so, um, Maybe if you're lucky, maybe two, maybe like two fifty, uh, two fifty, three hundred. But it can go as high as like four hundred, five hundred if you want to be in the center. Right, you're a bit in a big city, so you're probably be paying sort of more maybe than if you were in a smaller town. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's pretty. That's pretty cheap, though. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, I mean, are you finding things are pretty cheap there? Otherwise, food uh, and going out and. Food actually has been cheaper here, um, and obviously, I, I know that um, alcohol is, is, is cheaper too, and um, a lot of other goods. But I don't know. But the euro, the euro, if you really think of the exchange rate between the euro and the dollar, uh, yeah, it can uh, it can be expensive in a way. And but um, yeah, I've seen uh, clothes expen um, a little cheaper here too. Well, it's kind of interesting when I think of Spain as well. I think of a lot of people going out to bars and it's very social there. So I would think you'd want to also have some some money so that you can definitely go out because you're probably not getting paid a ton working in this situation. Uh, right. So I think um, the best way people do it is... Um they go to open markets or they would just go to like restaurants where they have like the menu of the day and um, you, you could be really t taken care of or um, there's whenever you go to restaurants there's always a lot of specials out there you just have to take advantage of them like for me I would just probably go to maybe the, one of the open markets and my, one of my favorite places in Madrid are the open markets uh, here so I definitely take advantage of going to like um, Mercado de San Miguel or um, other, uh, other markets as well, but that's just where I've been hanging out most of the time. <laughs> oh, cool. What do you think about the sort of the culture and the people there? How would you sort of describe what it's like? Um, you know, do you do you meet a lot of Spanish people or do you mo meet mostly other teachers? Who do you hang out with? Oh, yeah. Um, so when I'm in school, um, I definitely uh, hang out with my teachers and whatnot. So that's during the weekdays. Uh, during the weekends, I definitely uh, try to hang out with um, other people on my program, and other and also try to hang out with um, people who who I do who I do intercambios with. But um, but yeah, um, 
for me, I really wanted to like live with a Spanish family, but that didn't really happen. You know, so I just decided to, well, you know, let's try to practice as much Spanish and try to get myself out there as much as possible. I'm sure it's made a huge improvement in your Spanish just by being there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it has. It, it definitely has. Um, well, over the weekend, I went to Zaragoza, and um, I, I was invited by a friend of a friend of mine who I met uh, in Valencia, and he was like, "And he was like, you know, you should definitely come to my place in Zaragoza with me and my son, and we'll definitely uh, show you around." and it was it's it's probably my best weekend here in Spain so far. <laughs> oh wow. I mean, yeah, there's nothing like when a local shows you around their home. That's amazing. And what other things do, would you say have been highlights of just taking this leap and deciding to move abroad? It's definitely another world world out there and um it's really putting yourself out there and really meeting a lot of people. I mean, it's it's just I'm I'm just amazed. Like if I put myself out there, I mean I'm usually an introvert, but usually when um, when you travel alone or wh whether you go to events, you definitely is going to meet someone. Um, I've always bumped into people who speak English, and we've been able to make connections there. And um, as well as you know, there are some people who um, who like to talk to me in Spanish, and well, actually like to do intercambios. So I I, work, I have a coworker. She's um, she wants to improve her English, and uh, she's helping me improve my Spanish. So that's a, a pretty cool thing that, that I've been doing. And there's a lot of uh, great activities here, especially a lot of events. So a great example was that um, I went to a, a, a conference about language learning. So they so there's a lot of companies here. They're really selling to the Spanish people, you know, learn English in America or learn English in England with these programs over the summer. And I actually met the the senior VP of Education First, and I got an interview for a summer job. So, so it's it's really been oh, an interesting ride. I'll tell you that. Well, is that back in in the states? Yeah, uh, that's correct. Yeah. So Education First was a job uh, is a company located in um, they're based out of Switzerland. But I, I you know I was talking to the senior VP. I told him you know I'm definitely like to continue working in language learning. And he was a, and when I, were, I was wondering if he had any jobs in the summer, and he said, you know, I'll con let me connect you to someone, our contact in the UK, and I was able to be connected with someone in Boston. So it's, um, so it's there's it definitely opens a lot of doors that I never thought possible. Right, it's kind of changed the whole sort of arc of your career, I guess. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I'm. St I mean, I. I knew that coming in, I just need to know, like, it's going to help me decide what career path I want to take in the future. That's for sure. Do you think, so you're going to go back to the States in the summer, um, and then do you think you'll do this again? I'd like to do similar. it. Yeah, I'd like to do it again. Um, right now, I have been uh, searching jobs like crazy. I mean, I've had uh, two interviews uh, for summer jobs. But I've been able to connect with my old network as well in nonprofits, and that's like I've been like a safe base for me. Um, but um, I'm gonna definitely gonna try my best to uh, come back here again to perfect my language, uh, to perfect Spanish, because um, the family that I that I visited, they really understood me. They say, "Yeah, you speak very well." You know, I think <laughs> I think staying here another year will help you perfect the language. Right. Yeah. So. Um 
It's interesting. I mean, even the summer is a ways away, so anything could happen, right? Right, right. Anything can happen. And um, I've, I know other people who are in my program, they're, they've been asking me for advice since I've been in the workforce for, for, for a couple of years. So um, they're trying to go back. They don't, they don't want to renew. They definitely want to go back to the workforce. Well, so would you recommend this to someone else who was thinking about doing this? Absolutely. I think um, I would definitely recommend who definitely would like to travel and definitely would like to um, uh, try something new and challenge themselves. Just keep in mind that this program is for people between 18 to 35. So it, it, it might not be for everyone, but however, um, I know people I've talked to say they do it again. Um, and I think there's just so many skills you could walk away from whether um, you, you do the program again or not. Uh, so Lester, tell me, what about a visa and how does it work as an American citizen work there? Well, in my program, the government sponsored my visa, so I, I, I can work there. I'm considered a student because I'm doing this program. To be a teacher as an American, um, I think the best bet is probably going to a language, I'm um, going to a training facility, a TEFL training facility that will um, um, sponsor your visa. It's expensive, but they'll help you with the, with the visa. So um, I th think the best bet is to ask uh, other Americans that have had um, that has a you know that has had a visa through through a school because um, it's 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 a lot harder. Um, I know um, a lot of a lot of Europeans, especially a lot of British people, do come to Spain for TEFL programs, and they're they they have no problems uh, getting jobs. But it, it can be hard. So, with your visa, can you do any work outside of that uh, language teaching program? Uh, technically, no. <laughs> technically, no. I'm wondering though. Is there sort of, I guess they call it, in Europe they call it black work, where you're basically working without a visa? Uh, yeah, there, there's some under the table. Um, I, there's a site called Tus Classes Particulares, and there's a lot of them. I don't know if I should be saying this, but there are some. <laughs> um, a lot of us, the way we make um, extra money is to give private classes to um, to people who ever needs English classes or that wants, just wants, wants to conversate. Right, and then... I'm wondering if you want to stay on, how easy is it to stay on? Would you have to get an extended visa then? Um, so yeah, if I decide to do the program again, uh, the, um, the Ministry of Education will instruct us on how to get the visa or how to extend the visa for, uh, for next year. And then one other thing I thought of, I know that when I taught English overseas, Certain countries preferred the American accent to the British accent and vice versa. What is it in Spain? I'm saying British just because um, when you go to the trains and whenever things are bilingual, I, I, we hear a British accent. The textbooks I see are more British, um, more British lingo, I guess you could say. Um, however, though, the, um, the, there a lot of the students like things American too. They love their American. They love American TV, even though everything is dubbed in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that must make it hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they love two and a, they love the Big Bang Theory, Two and a Half Men. They love Breaking Bad. You're kidding. Uh, uh, no, no. I, I talked to a lot of Spanish people, and they love American TV. It's ridiculous. Right. Breaking Bad, though, is an interesting one. That's too funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get it either, but I guess it's some good writing. Uh, yeah. It's just good writing. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you, Lester. Thank you so much. For questions about teaching English in Spain, go to chocolife.com. 